0: Once there was a star, just like everything in life, she reached the end of her regular star days when her heart, the core of her life, exhausted its fuel. But that was no end. She transformed into a supernova and in the process, releasing a tremendous amount of energy.
1: Okay, Jason, who and what am I listening to?
2: This is Wanda Diaz-Merced. She's a blind astronomer and a pioneer in astronomical sonification. This is a TED talk she gave about the massive explosions that stars release when they die. She's done a lot of work capturing these gamma ray bursts using sound rather than sight.
1: Oh, so she's like the OG of astronomical sonification. Like all of this, this entire series we're doing, stems from her and her work.
2: Yeah, exactly. You're listening to Scientific American Science Quickly. I'm Jason Trickford.
1: And I'm Timmy Broderick. In the previous episode of this three-part fascination, we introduced you to scientists and musicians who are turning comets and galaxies and other stellar goodies into fascinating compositions. Today, we are telling you about the origins of this nascent field.
2: So, Wanda. Yeah? I talked to her earlier this year.
0: I'm in in Paris working at the Astroparticle Cosmology Lab at the University of Paris. That is part of an institution called CERN, and I'm here in the lab.
2: Yeah, so that's Wanda, and she works at the most famous particle accelerator in the world. But for all that she's accomplished, she's quite humble. And growing up in Puerto Rico, Wanda had a passion for science.
0: I always wanted to to become a scientist, but to me... The only scientists in the universe were medicine doctors. Studying science meant that you would become a doctor.
2: Wanda was diagnosed with diabetes pretty early in her childhood, and then later diabetic retinopathy. This can cause blindness in people with diabetes. So when she was in her early 20s, in college, her vision started to go.
0: The condition continued uh, deteriorating until the point when when I couldn't uh, orientate. Anymore, I needed help. I used to, like, stay in one only place the whole day and not move from there. Already I was using a cane.
2: For most of Wanda's undergraduate years, she was focused on being a doctor, even though she was losing her sight, until one day her friend brought her into his backyard, where he had a small radio telescope as part of NASA's Radio Jove
0: project. Uh, This is like like an antenna that looks like a like the wires for you to hang your clothes when you wash your clothes in the summer. So just imagine that, but made of copper wires and, um, and a little bit fancier.
2: Radio telescopes can detect radio admissions from several astronomical bodies, such as the sun or Jupiter, which is a very fancy way of saying that Jupiter has radio storms, and we can literally hear them. Like, Jupiter has naturally occurring lasers near its poles that beam radio waves into the space, which is wild. And sometimes we can catch them here on Earth. These pecs, pops, and crackling swishes are all what entranced Wanda in her friend's backyard.
0: First I said, Emilio, said Emilio, why are you listening to that? Because I thought it was an AM radio. And then he said, no, no, no one did that that is uh, uh, waiting to see if there is any, any solar emissions. And then he says that my eyes got big, like my, my face changed. And I, yes, and I heard it, yes, yes. It was this sense of possibility at that very moment. Then, at some point, he had to say, Wanda, you have to go to your house. You cannot stay here for tomorrow. Just sitting by that thing, listening to it. I didn't want to detach from it. And um, I began pondering, what would it be to listen to the data?
2: Hearing these Jovian emissions pushed Wanda into astronomy. She worked with Radio Jove Project and made her way to NASA and completed a Ph.D., Using sonifications, she's even made discoveries that sighted astronomers missed. Wanda found that star formation can affect supernova, which suggests that these explosions are not only dependent on the mass of their host star. Converting the data into sound helped uncover the drop in volume that led to the discovery.
0: How do I say I discovered? My ability to, to listen to the, to the data, to listen to the, as you, as you call it, and, and I love the way you call it, to, to listen to the, to the universe, to the phenomena that happens in, in the interstellar media. There's no textbooks available for us. A textbook in astrophysics is like gold dust. It's like a diamond It's like platinum, a yellow diamond, the size of my fist. The scientific revolution developed in a way that just assumed that uh, we wouldn't participate. It's just the way it developed until it got to the point we had no ways. When I began, I didn't have any tools to, to perform in the field. No tools, nothing.
1: Her work has inspired other blind astronomers, too.
3: And my name is Enrique Pérez Montero. I have two names because, you know, in Spain we have two names.
1: Enrique is an astrophysicist at the Institute of Astrophysics of Andalusia in Spain. He was not born blind, but a disease called retinitis pigmentosa, has made his vision progressively cloudier. He could still see when he finished his PhD, but now, in his 40s, he continues to study the chemical compositions of the brightest galaxies. His workflow has changed, however.
3: 10 or 15 years ago, I could, uh, I was able to see them directly in observatories and see their spectra and their images. And at the moment, i able to deal with uh, the numbers of the data and the telescope's take, just uh, listening in my computer these, these numbers. By using his computer
1: to read out these data aloud, Enrique is able to lead a pretty normal life as an astrophysicist, But it's clear the field doesn't know how to react to his disability. Their discomfort is clear whenever Enrique goes to a scientific conference, and other scientists see his guide dog,
3: Rocco. Even though they are thought to be very intelligent because of the number of papers, of contributions, or the leaderships in projects, uh, they are um, shocked uh, before the idea that uh, you are blind, you are an astronomer. Enrique's disability even helps him analyze data without bias. Other astronomers are... Distracted by the beauty of the images. They can get wrong conclusions maybe because they are just seeing an image and they are not uh, objectively analyzing what's the content of the information. And this is one thing I can do because I'm just simply listening what is the trend of the data, of the very simple cold data uh, read by my computer.
1: How we choose to represent data can have far-reaching consequences. Astronomy has been associated with sight for centuries, but that does not mean the sense is necessary or even the most useful tool to do the job. It's ultimately
3: arbitrary, Enrique says. Uh, 99% of the energy and the matter of the universe cannot be seen at all. <laughs> We can see them because people working with simulations is putting off this stuff about dark matter and dark energy. But of course, this cannot be seen at all. And we can translate it to other ways than images. Images are not the main source to, to get the information about what's the true nature of our universe. In the next and
1: final episode of this series, we head overseas, where a multi-sensory astronomy festival takes over a small Italian town. Astronomical sonification is a very cool concept, but can it actually inspire
2: people?
0: I believe that nature has its own sounds, and listening to that sound was um, as if that galaxy was telling something to me. it was like this galaxy was describing itself
3: uh, to me.
2: Science Quickly is produced by Jeff Del Dizio, Talika Bose, Kelso Harper, and Karen Leon. Our theme music was composed by Dominic Smith.
1: Juana Diaz-Merced and Matt Russo provided the sonifications you heard in this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to Science Quickly wherever you get your podcasts. For more in-depth science news and features, go to scientificamerican.com. And if you like the show, give us a rating or a review.
2: For Scientific American Science Quickly, I'm Jason Drickford. And I'm Timmy Braddock. See you next time.